All right, good morning. Um, so you will recall where we've been now the last couple of weeks is we talked about the fact that it's muskam. It's a fundamental of the Jewish faith that there has to be a kate to no, there has to be an end to all of this. And that is the, the point, the purpose, the apex, the crux of where human existence is meant to get us to a higher place. We also said that this was something that was pined for. This was something that was dreamed about from all the generations that came before us. It's not a new invention. We also said that there seems to be a popularization based upon my own non-scientific research that by the year 6,000, quote unquote, when we say the year 6,000, we mean to say, just to be clear, that 6,000 years have passed, right? Like when we say somebody had a birthday, oh, they're 40 years old, that means they already lived 40 years, they're now in their 41st year. So by the year 6,000, after 6,000 years of, of life, of human life here on earth, there will be for sure, a Mashiach will have arrived. That is what we saw was popularized through various different websites that we quoted. But we say that that's not made out of whole cloth. That's not made out of thin air. That is something that has long roots. That has long roots in Yadus. And we showed a number of different sources from Chazal that talk about whether it's the Tana de Elio or Rav Katina. We discussed that there are certainly notions that there will be a world that will exist for 6,000 years. And then the Chad Charov, it'll be a destruction for a thousand years. And we pointed out that it seems to be that this is Muskam and Chazal, that this is not merely a situation of Rav Kepina and the Tonad Velio alone who are saying that there's a notion of 6,000 years. We said that this idea seems to be muskam in Chazal wider than that, number one, because we saw the Machlegas that Abayah said that the world's going to be destroyed for 2,000 years. So what did that mean by definition? He also holds a 6,000. It's just that he says that the destruction, quote-unquote, will be for 2,000 years. And then we saw also in the various different places that the Gemara brought down, so one of the places we saw was the Gemara Rosh Hashanah. We talked about the various days of the week. And one of the things that we pointed out is that in that Gemara, the Gemara seemed to make an assumption that Mechemia has to agree also with the 6,000 years. And we, we, it seems that there are many different Amaram, not just Rav Kutina, not just the Tanah Velio, all of whom are holding of the 6,000-year idea. And we showed how this is clearly also the sheet of the Stam of the Gemara. Right? We had a, a really good proof that the Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin, a little bit, the uh, five block before the other Gemara, which is the famous one about Rafkin and Tanah de Velio, the Gemara says, according to the sheet of the Tanah de Velio, that he holds, all he told us was what in the Gemara? That there was three different Tekufas of the 6,000 years. Right? There's the Tayu, and there's the Taira, and there's the Mesa Mashiach. But we didn't know anything about what he says in the after that, in the seventh millennium. That we weren't clear about. And what do the, what do the Gemara say over there? What do the Stam of the Gemara say? The Gemara <clears> says, and according to the Tanah de Velio, what does it say? How are people going to survive in the seventh millennium? Aye, they don't have a what? 
they're not going to be the destruction. And you're saying that there was already Tchiyas Amesim before then. So we had an answer from the Tanah of Eliyahu, which was what? The Stamadik Mar answering for him, which was what? That they're going to get wings and fly around the world, and that's how they're going to survive. What did that mean? That meant that according to the Stam of the Gemara, there is, according to the Tanah of Eliyahu, also a notion that it's not that Yemais HaMashiach happens and then everything's Shalom Ali Yisrael and everything. No, there's also a notion of this idea that in the seventh millennia, there is some sort of manucha, some sort of a destruction that takes place. So it seems that we have we have brought onto our side in terms of this idea of the year 6,000 being a momentous year. We have the Tan of Elio, we have the Rav Katina, we have the Abaya, we have Rav Nechemia, we have Rav Yehuda, we have Rav we have a, a whole slew of Tanam and Amram now to this notion. So it's of no accident then that we could then bring this idea into the Rishonim and Achroinim and how we get to the modern era, where it seems to be much more popularized. That's what it's, that's what it's sort of good on, right? That's what it's based upon. So I thought I'd share with you one more, one more source before we go back to the Rishonim. This is a source that, um, uh, when they're talking about Shmir Sabris, when they're talking about uh, these kind of inyanim and 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 they 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 would they would focus on this. It's from Kalarabasi in the second parak. The the entire parak is dedicated to um, issues ben adam by the issues of of Atala, how that causes Mashiach not to come, etc. etc. It is in no way as horrific uh, in terms of the descriptions of what the problems are as the Zayar. This is a, of a different order of magnitude. But it is nevertheless still very clear that there are very significant problems in relation to this issue. The, uh, as, as the halacha says over here, that right? two things are terrible for the Jewish people. They prevent the Messiah from coming. One, somebody who is not Shem Rabris, and the other is Gerim. What do you mean Gerim? He's referring to the Gemara Nyavamis. The Gemara Nyavamis tells us that Koshim Kerem Kizapachas Right, Gerim are very hard for the Jewish people. Why? So there's two understandings of that, right? One understanding is that Gerim are banned from Jewish people because of the fact that they are so meticulous in mitzvahs that they make us look bad. And they come in and they, they, they make us look terrible. Yeah, that's one issue. The other issue is that Gerim, because they haven't grown up with the mimetic tradition, they don't know the proper way of valuing the different competing needs that a thing, a situation has. So therefore, we end up in a situation where they are adjudicating wrongly, right? They'll think, like, oh my gosh, it's so important. I'll give you an example, not the Gair, but about Shuva family. I, I will never forget it. It was a situation where I was, um, I was 17 years old or 16 years old. And I was in a house of a family. And this person was an interesting guy. You know how like people when the dot-com era came about? There are many people who they, they opened up websites. And, and they became very successful because they owned the website. You want the website? You have to buy the website from me or rent the website from me. So this is the generation before. 1-800 numbers. This guy retired very early because he made 1-800 numbers. Like I remember he told me some of them. I remember in my head it was like, 1-800-Flowers, I'm like 1-800-Love, like, like things that are like 
today it's a joke. Who uses 1-800? Maybe we still use it a little bit, but nobody thinks of it like as a 1-800 number, blah, that we don't remember the number. But in those days, it was like that. So this guy retired very early from 1-800 numbers. And he became from, and I remember he invited me for Shabbos and I was in his eating a meal by them. And um, he had a six-year-old, seven-year-old boy. And the Shrek was unbelievable making that kid bench. He wanted to go play. And he was like, Avram Yasef, come to the table, time to bench. And the kid like, blah, blah. no, every word. Like not just the first bracha, the whole benching, even after Yechazrin, that whole, every harachaman, he wanted to hear. I'm like, thinking in my head, this kid's not going to be from. <laughs> what are you doing? But he's saying, what do you mean? It's a mitzvah to bench. It's chinam. Are you going to tell the guy wrong? That's what it means to me. In that moment, I saw when I saw this happen, it's like, oh, that's what it means. Gemara, Kajan, Gary, that's what it means. Here's a bad I didn't say. I said <laughs> that, that people can come out with value judgments on things that they don't know how to properly adjudicate. They don't know how to properly balance between, between, between issues. Technically, the Gemara never anticipated here because that was not an issue, no, right? They had Bali Chuba then. Right, those have been to die. They had that many Bali Chuba. The Menasha, the Gemara says many different people about Bali Chuba, but they didn't have a movement dedicated to it because... But it seems like this should apply. Right, this is a tangential point. I, don't, I really don't want to follow down it, but, but I will say one thing on it, which is that is the difference. I think we were more closer to like Sephardic jury innately than we are to Ashkenazi jury. So if you go to Sephardic jury, you will not see any reform or conservative. You won't see heterodox movements. Why not? Huh? No. That 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 may be a part of it. Although you have to remember that there were certainly Sephardim in in, in areas that had enlightenment. There were Sephardim in Holland, there were Sephardim in America, Sephardim in England. There, there was Sephardim in places where there was Western thought. And, and certainly the earlier enlightenment, the golden age of Spain was about as enlightened as you can get, but it didn't create heterodox movements. And the reason I think, and it's not just me, I think many scholars have pointed out is that there's a certain acceptance of Achenu B'nai Yisrael, of Unzer, like, okay, like whatever, okay, so you're lapsed. Okay, whatever, you still dive in, what's the difference? So you could be in a comfortable and going to shul, even your machal shabbos, even if you're a naif, even if you're whatever, you still come to shul. I, the fact that you're in home life, whatever you do, you do, you do. And I remember the hearing. I don't know if it's still true today, but when I was younger, I remember hearing uh, from somebody who, who was in the yeshiva with me, who was from South Africa, and he said in South Africa, the the, the rabbi will be fired. He, they will not hire a rabbi who doesn't speak in Yiddish. He has to speak in Yiddish. The whole shul is Mechali Shabbos. doesn't make difference. The rabbi must speak in Yiddish. If he doesn't speak in Yiddish, now welcome to the shul. Why? That's how it is. But everybody comes to shul, even in Mechali Shabbos. In Pesach also, I remember talking to Rabbi Reback. He said that, like, you know, in the 1980s, 90s, whatever, people still came to shul. There was a parking lot, but it was empty. People were parking, you know, down the block and walked to shul. We, as a... It used, as to, be, it used to be full. They put chains up. If you see those yellow bars that they have, there would be chains across so that you couldn't park in the parking lot. That they, was they, done they, in the early mid eighties. But 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 he says that they were unable to get in, not just because of their own good wishes, but also because they prevented them from actually parking in front of the shul. But the, there was an idea 
of of a, of of a, an ability for somebody not to be as uh, you know hundred percent fit the box, and he's still welcome in shul. So I think by the Syrian, by the Moroccan, by the Iranian, by by the various Sephardic jury, it wasn't so much a focus on it. Well, what do you hold about this so specifically? It was more like whatever. We all we're all one family. We all pray together. It's a joke, and I'm, we got to move on after this. Say one joke, but it's, it's a, it enlightens the point. And you could probably look it up on Google and, and get the exact joke because I'm probably not saying it 100%. But there was a Baptist who was traveling. And wouldn't you know, he meets another Baptist. So he's like, you're a Baptist and I'm a Baptist? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Detroit. Where are you from from here? So which kind of a Baptist are you? Oh, they're both, they're both these Southern Baptists. You both, they're both Southern Baptists? Are you Southern Baptist before the convention of like 1900? You Southern Baptist. Oh, both Southern Baptists before the convention. Are you both... Are you from this federation? That no, both from this, both from the, and Mama, seventeen iterations of the same Baptist, and then on one little nafka community. Forget it, you're a kafir. Goodbye. That's how Ashkenazi jury is, right? We we have we have a shul for every type. We have yeshiva for every type. Chas v'shalom. If you're hundred percent, your ideology is not hundred percent my ideology. You know, Tommy, you can't come in. So that I think is part. I don't know how we got all the way to this part, but. Anyhow, going back to the point, oh, right, the halacha that says the two reasons the Mashiach is not coming. Anyhow, skip to the end of this. It says like this. During the, the, the period before the, the flood, they were very, very um, um, immoral. The Torah tells us that it was the Shiches, right? The whole, the whole world was destroyed, not just the humans, the animals. The various different Russian that say like what they did, like humans would marry animals, you know, uh, uh, inappropriate relations would marry each other. Unbelievable, right? So says the says the halacha is and and what was the logic? The the astrologers came. The world's not going to be less than six thousand years. Let's not have children. Let's not have children. And we're going to live forever. We don't have to worry about any kids. We don't have to worry about anything. It's just purely for ourselves. So what do I want to show from this color of Bussy? I want to show the idea, again, the notion that there was a year 6,000 in Chazal, of course, but that the year 6,000, Chazal is saying that that was a notion even by the non-Jewish sort of world. Even before Judaism existed, the world understood, the people understood that there was a tradition that the world would only exist for 6,000 years. That's effectively what I'm getting from this uh, uh, source. All right, so now we go to, we, we discussed last week how all of these various sources of Chazal caused, right, caused this to be clear, the approach within the Rishayna. Right, it caused this to be clear, the approach within the Rishayna. Last week we mentioned, at the end, the approach of the Ramban, you look in this week's Sedra, Parshish Bahar, the Ramban has a whole arichus about how the the, the Shemitah years correspond to the Shishmei uh, Bereshis, the Shishmei Bereshis, and the world are exactly the same. The seventh year of uh, the seventh thousand, uh, the seventh millennia, and the seventh day are all parallel to each other. The Ramban says this in, in, in Bahar, and this week said he said it in Bereshis, he said it in a number of different places. I'm not going to repeat over the rest of the Ramban, but that's effectively. Um, that's effectively what we what we mentioned when we got to the end last. So now we start from here, which is the, the Abar Benel. The Abar Benel, right, is the generations, is in two generations after the Ramban. 
right? The Ramban is passing away in the late 1200s, and now we have the, the Barbanel is living in the 1400s, and the late 1400s. So the Barbanel is writing like this. He says, you may The days of creation, the six days of creation, the seventh day for us, is to be miramis to us, that the world will be for 6,000 years, because the day of God is, is a thousand years, and the seventh millennia will be like the seventh day of creation, which is rest. That is the Barbanel, and then he continues. And he says, says the the Ramban already wrote this, and here I like I I see maybe you won't see it, but I see a fit of rabbinic peak. This is what the Abarbanel says. Right, he says, but the Ramban's not the first one to iterate it. Who's the first one to iterate it? It's Rabbi Abraham Menchia the Nasi. And the Ramban doesn't quote Rabbi Abraham Menchia, but he says they have different approaches. But the Barbanel seems to be saying to me that really this is a word from Avram Menchia, who was a, a Nasi back in Spain in the olden days. Okay. And he says that, says the Barbanel, that I'm going to tell you how to, you know, clean your way through this, and we're going to get to a number of different Abarbanels on the topic later, but he says effectively this. He says, the rabbis took the approach, that I'm telling you, six days of creation refer to the the, the, the lasting of the world, and the seventh refers to it, and therefore the rabbi said, the world is like a, a, a ring, like a circle, this is before the science is all proven, all this, right? That's what it says the world is like. And here he points out something that maybe we didn't make so clear until now, which is that the seventh day of rest is exactly why both Abaya and Rafatina were talking about the seventh millennia as being one of destruction. Because effectively, what is Shvisa? What is that idea of rest? The idea that there's, you're doing nothing. So when you translate the nothing into the world, Shabbos means Shvisa. It means nothing. Not that a Kodesh Baruch. What happens when a Kodesh Baruch, quote unquote, does nothing? What happens to the world? That a Kodesh, huh? It doesn't exist. That's what it means. That, that, that the Bible is pushing this point. That, that, that's what Shvisa means. A Kodesh Baruch, who's as it were, stopping. Right, he's, he's, he's not making the world keep on going. That's how the world effectively is. That's how it has the world at Shabbos. Now, if we go to, I found this safer on, on Hebrew books. Unbelievable Hebrew books. has so many different farms. And this is the safe of Rabbi Avraham ben Chia, the Nasi. And he writes like this. He says, that he's going to give you a different calculation than the one we've been talking about until now. Because until now, what have we been saying? And this is what I mean with Derek Mishkaf. Until now, we've been always assuming, we've been talking the whole time, that what? What's the next words? Right? We say, whose day is like what? A thousand years. But listen to the Pasuk again. 
What's the next words? So Rabbi Abraham Manchia points out something that you don't see in any of the other Rishonim. And that's why I thought it's worthwhile also to point out. When I saw it, I was like, yeah, he's right. Listen to the Pasuk again. All the sources say, But there's two more words, So if you translate it now, what does that mean? It means, Right? You're saying, you're, a 24-hour day is like a thousand years by you. Right? Okay. And it includes an Ashmur in the night. You remember the Gemara in the beginning of Brachas, right? What did the Gemara tell us? Right, that there's either three Ashmurs to four Ashmurs. The Morse is just three Ashmurs. It, it seems to point to everybody. It's three Ashmurs in the night, which means the night is divided into three watches, which means how much is an Ashmur? Four hours. So, what we're really saying is that what? That a thousand years doesn't equal one day, 24 hours. What does it equal? 28 hours. It equals 28 hours. Right? It equals a, a one day and a sixth of a day. Good. I'm not so good with the math, but as I remember. So what does he say? He says that that's what a day equals, which means effectively, if you break down 6,000 years, if you break down the 6,000 years, it comes out to seven days equal each one's 857 years. So effectively, what he says is that we have a misunderstanding of the Pasuk. What the Pasuk is telling us is that the, the, this period, this seven-day period, this, seven, uh, this uh, six millennia, it's all broken down within the 6,000 years. Not a, it's not a part that there's six days of creation, and then there's a seventh day, which is for the, 7, 000, for the seventh millennia, equal to the seventh day of Yimei Bereshus. No. All seven days of Yimei Bereshus equal to the 6,000 years. Are we, are, we, are we holding on the math? Right. If you do 857 times seven, you get 6,000. I checked on the calculator. But that's what he says. Right, so that's when coming out the Pusik, right? That's how you include the Vashmur Baloila into the Pusik. And then a country of Abraham Mechia, the Nasi, is it right? Is the math right? It works. He knew it a thousand years ago. Wow, he didn't even have to calculate, probably he's the abacus or something. Yeah. So so Abraham Mechia the Nasi is saying, What's his vart? His vart is this is what means she's alpha shana have alma, shnail alpha tur, etc. What he's saying is. The 6,000 years is effectively the seven days of Yimei Bereshus. There's no seventh millennia that is compared to the Shabbos. The Shabbos is part of it. What does that mean? Well, how, do you, how, do you, how do you take that? So what, what does that mean? What's the next step? Follow it up. What does it mean? What's he telling us? What's Abraham Rechia telling us effectively? No? Ah! Oh! Ah! Oh! Exactly! What Abraham Machia is saying is by definition, Mashiach has to come before the year, before the 6,000 years are out. It must, right? There is no quote, seventh line of Mashiach coming. Mashiach has come before it all ends. It must. It has to be according to the way he says it. It, it must absolutely be that way. That's how I read it also. Um, and uh, yes, I, I, I wanted to put him in there. The reason I, I talked about him is, is, is for two reasons. One, because this has been a long tradition. I should once do a sure thing just in this of how many times the rabbis are quoting other rabbis without quoting them by name. It happens like all the time. It happened a thousand years ago. It happens today. It's always happening. And the question is why? Because there's always something to be mined. You know, like sometimes you, like 
there are certain mines that have the, like there's a rich vein in the earth. This is a good place to go mine, right? Sometimes you get to a surya, you know, this is a surya, everybody's going to tumult on. It's awesome. This is like a, it's a rich mine. You can go really deep over here. So to me, every time you find a situation where a rabbi is not quoting another one, there's something there. The question is why? What was going on? What was the particular issue? And there's usually going to be a lot of good stuff to, to be delved into. So that's one aspect. The other aspect, this is a point, is this fundamental idea when we're saying everybody's walking around quoting that it's 7,000 because of this idea that if day of God it equals 1,000. Like, one second. He pointed out a really interesting point. Whether he's right or wrong in terms of the particulars, I don't want to get into. It's really more the question of what's the right translation of this passage that everybody walks around and it makes an assumption that there's 6,000 years equal to six days of creation and the seventh millennia, that's equal to Shabbos. Really? What about taking into context the fact that there's an Ashmur by Layla? How are you taking that into context? In what way is the idea of Sheshit Yom Mahave Alma and the seventh is Shabbos taking into context that Ashmur by Layla, which is part of the Pusik? That's why I bring him in because I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an issue. All right. So now, again, going further. After the five, eight, fifty-seven times six, you got it. That would have passed it. I passed. Correct. You are correct. And and that's what we're going to get to as we go through this. We're going to go through a number of the different calculations that have taken place. And Mashiach has not come. And 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 that that'll be a, a, a significant focus. All the different predicted times by the great Rishonim that have already long since. Was that the time we supposed to come, or was that the earliest time? This one. No, but I'm saying according to this way. That one was supposed to be that was the earliest time for him to arrive. Huh? That the time he was supposed to arrive or the earliest time by which he could arrive. No, I'm saying what we're, what we're bringing down is according to the town of the Valyod, they said the last six thousand, last two thousand years are in Mashiach. So we're saying, okay, tonight it's, it's very nice. But what does that mean practically? What we're saying is literally it's Yemais HaMashiach. There's part of that two thousand years that must be Yemais HaMashiach. No, I understand. Like, well, we'll remember what we've been saying until we got to Abraham Rakia. What we've been saying is when we just learned sort of the Tanah Velio without bringing down the rise that we brought down that says that he also holds the destruction, we could have just assumed that he holds the 6,000 years. And after the 6,000 years, Mashiach has to come. But when do we have Yemaisa Mashiach? We have it in the seventh millennia. That's what we could have said, right? But what we showed is is that according to the Stama de Gemara, even the, the sheet of the Tanit Velio holds like Rav Katina. Rav Katina holds that for sure Mashiach has to come by the seventh millennia. Why? Because he holds in those thousand years after it's all destroyed. Mashiach must come by the six year 6,000. Yes or no? Right? Rav Katina must, Rav Katina says that because after that the world is destroyed. The Tanit Velio didn't say that. Remember, the Tanit Velio only says that the world is 6,000 years. He doesn't say what's going to happen after. He never talked about it. We brought a raya because the Gemara says, well, according to the town of the valley, oh, what is he going to do um, with the with the people during the years of destruction? So clearly the Gemara made the assumption. The town of the valley, oh, holds that the world's going to be destroyed too. He holds like the Ark of Katina. He holds like a bai. He holds the world's going to be destroyed for a, a period of time. According to the Gemara, it seems that he's going to hold it for a thousand years. But but fundamentally, we didn't know that from just reading the town of the valley, oh. We just thought that, okay, Mashiach comes right, right at the very end of the year 6,000, maybe, and then you have Mashiach or whatever. Like in Ashmur Balayla, you have 6,000 years. You have 6,000, and then you have Ashmur Balayla, which is like a sixth of 
a thousand years. Maybe, but again, we're, we're quoting this from Rav Katina, and I buy it. They said that from the from the seventh millennia on, the world's destroyed. Right? That that that's the reason. Right? We don't have that room because we don't have any room to finagle on that because that's what they said. So, yeah. yeah. So what we're saying from Rabbi Abraham Rachia is that it sounds like from what he was saying is that actually the Shabbos, the Menucha, all of that stuff, that's happening before the years 6,000 is reached. That's the last 857 years. Yeah. So if that's true, the Mashiach has to come earlier. And we have to have you Yemais Mashiach now, and then we have the destruction afterwards. Yeah. The, we, we have the, I'm sorry, maybe I should have said, you might say Mashiach comes before the, the destruction. We, we're going to see other positions, but that, that's how I read this of Abraham Mashiach. How could uh, it not come before the destruction? Then what would be you might say Mashiach? Effectively, yeah. Agreed. 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 All right. Why what? Why would you destroy it after the Mashiach? In order to renew it. That's what, no, but what we, Hashem destroys the world in order to Seems like to renew it to start over. We'll get to that later. All right. Dasikanim from the Baliat Seismus. By the way, there's a good Dasikanim on this past week's Saturday. Anyone saw the Dasikanim? Dasikanim of the Baliat Seismus on, on and Parsh Emmer and the Maestro and Mikalel. The Dasikanim, you know why? You know why? Uh, you know what would happen? What, what made the Mikal so upset, right? There's various different Midrash and what made the Mikal so upset. Right, either he was, uh, you know, sort of making fun of the lechem upon him, and somebody told him off. It was mechiachim, so he, uh, right, he pushed back on on the person making fun of him, and the end of the person had Others said that he wouldn't let him put his tent in there because uh, he wasn't uh, a Jewish father. Others said that he went to court because they didn't want to put his tent there. Moshe Rabbeinu told them off and, and and said, no, you can't put your tent there. Tzadik Canaan says also a similar idea. He says that they, they were they were hacking him up. They said, you, you know, your mother, um, right? Because the measure says, a few different places, the measure says that Meshur Abenu effectively killed the Mitzvah. Who was the Mitzvah that he killed? Shlemus Bas Divri's um, uh, had mistakenly um, had relations with an Egyptian. The Egyptian had, according to various different from either was a totally innocent idea, like she wasn't aware, or she was um, she was a Yatsanis, she was, uh, you know, not exactly acting appropriately, um, but whatever it is, the, the Egyptian hopped on that the husband of Shlomo's Pesdivri was aware of the situation. So, says the matters, he was beating him up really badly. Meish Rabbeinu, um, that is the mission Meish Rabbeinu killed. So, fast forward to, to this week, past week, Sadra, the Daskanim says that that's what they were bothering him. They're saying to him that, you know, your father, your real biological father, is killed by Meshur Abenu. You know how he killed him? He killed him using the Shemam first. He says, that's what killed him? So, Miyad, he used it in a bad way. The idea being that, that they, they, were, they were making light sonus on him. They were making light sonus on him. All right, so here's the Das in in Vayichi. When Yaakov Avinu tells his children to come around, gather around, and he's going to tell them, I'm going to tell what's going to happen in the end of days. Says the Dasikanim. He first says the Pashup shot that it means what it means. It's going to happen. What's going to happen in Egypt after the 400 years that the Zayda told us that he had a Mivu from a Kaddish Borchu that we're going to go down to Mitzrayim, 
Right, we're going to be slaves in Egypt for all this time. Says the says the Dasikanim. He continues on going, and he says like this: um, that, uh, What does it mean that the, this Achar Sayyamim? That he thinks that it uh, he thinks that when he's the is the end of days of God. That's at the end of 5,000 years. Now, obviously, that doesn't make any sense. So, I think the way you have to read it is either it's a and it means which I haven't seen, at least in this Chumash that I have, it didn't say. Um, but I think what he may mean is like the five thousand years, like the like the like the five thousands, right? When the end of the five thousand, I think that's probably what it means. So in other words, it means at the end of the five thousand. That's what Yaakov is referring to them. That's what he's telling them. Because Yaakov looked like the case. Yaakov wanted to tell them what's going to happen, and it's talking about a shchina, and the shchina went away from him. And, and Yaakov was very surprised. Why is the shchina going away from me? After all, all of you didn't, sin. all of you are good, all of you are holy. So why why is he not able to share with them what happened? So and says that's again, this is a good takeaway vart if you remember. Says that's again in Koimar. He says there's no hate by the Koimar. What does it mean there's no hate by the sun? There's no letter or test in Shvatim's name. So therefore, since you have no hate, I mean, you might say that you have no hate. I mean, they want to kill a brother. I mean, they have. One of them uh, had problems with his uh, stepmother. I mean, like, you know, but you might say that, you know, maybe there was a hate. No, no, no. No hate, but not no hate because they all acted fine. No, no hate because it doesn't say hate in the names. There's no ches and there's no test. So, Heishivu Recha Kodesh, Recha Kodesh, the Yaakovinu, the Kodesh Bochu told back to Yaakovinu, Gam Eim Bechol Eisiyah Shemais HaShvatim, like Kuf Leitzadi. But there's also no Kuf or Tzadi in the names of the Shvatim. In other words, there's no kates. There's no case in the name of the Shvatim either. So how can you be, how can you tell them the case? You think that you shouldn't be able to you should be able to tell them because there's no case. I tell you, there's no case either in the name. So therefore they're not right to hear the, to hear when, when, what it's gonna be. In Cain, Ainon Ruyan They're not worthy of, of, of being told when this case is gonna be. And that is how the matter ends off. And Yaakov instead goes to the brachas. That is the Dasakain. What do I want to show from this Dasakain? Same idea. That is also the idea of 6,000. And we, until now, are quoting Sephardic Rishayna, right? We were quoting the Rabbi Abraham Rechia, the Nasti. We quoted the Ramban. We quoted the Barbanel. But now we're moving to the lands of Ashkenaz. The Baliyat Teisvis. They also feel that there's a notion of a 6,000-year period to Jewish history. Um, just to continue in this vein, the, the uh, what do you call it? Rabbeinu Bachia goes on in Arikos like this. Rabbeinu Bachia writes from the, from the same stamp, from the same kind of a school as the Ramban. Right? So Rabbeinu Bachia writes, and he says, he, he puts in here an, um, an additional color as to what the, the parallelism is between the days and the millennia. And he adds in a lot more, uh, a lot more detail. He says like this, does you want to know what it means that a day in the life of Akarish Baruch, as it were, is like a thousand years? What is that? What is that referring to? It's referring, of course, to Shesmei Brachis. And he says, Yom Rishay Nivra Boy Ha'ar Ha'elyon. 
on the first day the supernal light was created. That parallels the creation of man who is the light of the world. What about day two? It says on day two, it doesn't say key type. Why not? It says because day two also had a destruction from the Mabel. What about day three? He says day three, it says key type twice. Why did it say key type twice? It says there one was in order to be able to live again, and there was no more Xera for the Mabel. And then he says, and what about the second Kitai? The second type is for the fact that the Torah was then given in the second millennia, uh, the third millennia, that, that's why it's uh, um, uh, called Taif. Those are the two Kitais on the, on the third day. What about... <clears throat> What about uh, the fourth day? So he says on the fourth day, um, he says on the fourth day, there is a situation of the, of the, of the, the constellations. So what's the word over there? He says, He says on the fourth day, there was a certain uh, calmness. There was a certain shlita that the Jewish people had, a certain peace. They were at rest. And that fourth day parallels the creation of the sun, the moon, and the stars. What about the fifth day? It says, in the fifth day, is connected to the fifth millennia. That's when we were sent out among the nations, among the various nations. They're compared to the animals that were created um, on, on the fifth day. And what about on the sixth day? He says, on the sixth day, um, it says on the sixth day, Yemishishi is uh, the day when Mashiach is going to come in the sixth millennia. Mashiach Shehiska connected Gnasa Adam, Yemishishi connected, Elif Hashishi, Sheshlano, Yem, Chameshes, Sheshlano, Hayem, Chamishim, Veachas, Shana. He was in the ready in the sixth millennia. He said 51 years. That I, I did the math there, and I think that equated to 1291. That's when he was writing. Right? He's writing uh, after the Ramban. But before that, by now, so he says on the sixth on the sixth day of creation, etc. I'm sorry, uh, the creation of man um, was parallel to Yemaisa Mashiach, and this is the line that I wanted to get out of it. He says, He says that the idea is that the the creation of the animals took place early before the sun uh, came down. And the, 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 the coming of the sun is sort of an indication of the coming of the Mashiach, says the Chassam Shaver. And this is another takeaway <clears throat> for Halakha. The, the Chassam Shaver is quoting the Ramban, all about the six days of creation, etc. Says the Ramban, Ayin Ramban, the, the sixth day, is it me or is it getting warmer in here already? What is that? It's not 65? Oh, 67. Um, so he says um, that the, the sixth day is, is the, the, the sixth day of creation. The, I'm sorry, the six days of creation are compared to the sixth millennia. Oh, you see, I, I, I uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so he says the sixth, thank you though. Schar you get. 
So the six days of, of creation are compared to the six millennia. And then he continues, and he says like this, the cost of the sixth day is a hinting to the, to the, uh, the sixth millennia. Because man was created, unlike in certain Midrashic compilations where we hear that man is created when at the end of the sixth day, right? Mamish, the very end, we have all the drushes that man is created after absolutely everything, right? So a person should realize that he should have no gaiva whatsoever. Says says the uh, the some type of a different approach that we saw right in the Rebbeinu The man was created by the Zricha Sachama, right by the by the sunrise, by the night, and that is Remus to Mashiach. And now you understand why there's such an insistence on saying the Geula, right? We say Shemana Esra would try to do it right by exactly sunrise, right? The Vasikin, they would dive in Mamash at the sunrise, right? They would be saying Geula to Tefillah. Why Geula? Because that's the moment, right? The sixth millennia, the right at the moment, right? The sun rises, that's the beginning of the sixth millennia, that's the dawn of the new millennia, that's when Mashiach can come. We're already long into it, but that's when Mashiach can come in the beginning. Uh, of the of, of the sixth millennia, that's what he's. That's what the the Chassam Sefer is suggesting, and that's the reason that the the Vesikin are mam shachulot to tefila very very strictly. Shudafkim rega neitzachama neshus man gula, because that's really the zman of gula. All right. So we've discussed now again some more of these rishonim and their opinions. The Rabbeinu Bachi in another place he talks about this in a number of places. If you look in this week's parsha in Bahar, again you see Rabbeinu Bakhi again with the six days, the, the, the six years of Shemitah, the seventh year Yovel. You'll see it in the Ramban. You'll see it in the Rabbeinu Bakhi, the similar ideas. But there's a Rabbeinu Bakhi in Parshas Baloischov who points out something that that we haven't seen yet. But she says like this: Rabbeinu Bakhi says, "V'zel achurben What does it mean when we say that in the seventh millennia the world is going to be destroyed? We've been talking about this literal destruction, and that's why they had to have what? Wings to go fly around to be able to avoid the destruction. We pointed out from that Barbanel that what is that means the Shvisa, right? That means the Shabbos. You rest in the seventh millennia. What is what does it mean when a Kodesh Baruch Hu rests? The world stops. Right? That's what it means the destruction, because Akkadish Baruch Hu is as it were, quote unquote, resting. So he says the Rabbeinu Bachya. When we're talking about in the seventh millennia that the world's going to be destroyed, what do we mean? It's not going to go back to the nothingness of of um, of Yimei Bereshis, in the sense that it will be absolutely nothing in the world. Because after that, it's supposed to go back. It's supposed to regenerate the world. This is meant to be a, a time of renewal. But after that, it's meant to go back. After that millennium of destruction, it's supposed to go back. And until the ultimate Yovel, which is after, you know, the, the seventh Shemitah, which we'll get to eventually later, some of that. What so, number renewal do you think for us? What? number renewal, do you think we're in the middle of that? We'll, we'll get to that, too. We'll get to that, too. Um, there's there's what to say on all of this. But if you remember, what did the Gemara tell us in Sanhedrin? 
Remember the words in that Gemara, now we have deeper understanding. What did the Gemara say? In those millennia, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Asad Lechadesh Hashem is going to renew his world. And we said that renewal of the world, that's the destruction. This is what the Rebbeinu Bach is, is, is touching on. That, that, that destruction is really, right, is, is, uh, is a, a situation of destruction in order to rebuild, right? It's a, it's a, a, you're making a charv that is almanas libanis to be able to rebuild it. That is the, the point of the Rebbeinu Bachi over here. So now I want to, I want we, we have uh, uh, um, some more time. I want to, I want to touch on a few more sources. So you hear where we are. We've done the Rishayinim. Now going to the Gdele Achrayinim, the earliest of the Achrayinim. We'll talk about the Radvaz and the Maral. And then we'll bring it further down. And I'll show how the 6,000 notion has been around from Chazal all the way through. Right? I mean, if you take Chazal, literally, even the Gaim, in times of uh, the Mabel, it was about the 6,000. But, but certainly within the within Chazal, from the Rishonim to the to today, you could throw a very long line of Shashal Sakabala to support the notion, to substantiate the point that the year 6,000 has long roots. It is long in the tooth. It is not a, 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 a new idea. Says the Radvaz. Everyone knows, familiar with the Radvaz, right? The greatest of the great of the of, of the Akhrenim. Um, and he's and most, he was the leader of, of, of Jewry in Egypt. Um, so, and he's writing literally at the time that the Shulchan Aruch is about to come out and become really popular. So he says like this. He says, Ani kibalti He says, I have received the tradition from the great early stages that what? The trade There are two different that are going to happen. The first is going to be for the, the people who are living in Chutzlaret that they didn't have a chance to see the great good that Hashem is going to do for the Jewish people. They are going to be getting right at the beginning. In order for them to be able to appreciate and to see the good that they didn't get to see in their lives. The school Lirais based on Mikdash be Tikuna Makrivan Oilov Makrivan Olav Oilas. They'll have a chance to see the race Mikdash be built, etc. But Kya Shainis. And then there's going to be a second Khasa Mason. And who is the second Khasa Mason for? That's That's at the end of Yemaisa Mashiach. So Yemaisa Mashiach is going to take place over a period of years. And there's two Khasa Masons. One has mentioned at the beginning, for the people who never had a chance to really see the Jewish people in power, the Jewish dominance in the world, they get to be resuscitated. They get to be uh, uh, brought back when? Right at the beginning of Yemaisa Mashiach. And then there's a second Mason, which takes place when? At the end of Yemaisa Mashiach. Uh, right next to the seventh millennia. So I can stop right here in the Radvaz. What do you see from the Radvaz? That, of course, inherent in this tradition from his Rishonim, from the rabbis of his, is what? The idea that the world's going to last the 6,000 the, the, the 6, years. Mashiach has to come by the seventh millennia. Mashiach has to be here. 
the Mesa Mashiach is going to end and the destruction is going to take place when? In the seventh millennium. But Mashiach had to have happened already before. Right? He said it would be 6,000 years and Mashiach 4,000 years. No, no, not the Radvaz. The Radvaz has a tradition from his Rabbanit, from the Rishonim. And by him, it's literally the Rishonim. He is literally the first generation of the Achbarim. He's like Mamish from that first generation. So he's saying that there's two Tchias Mason. One Tchias Mason at the beginning of the Mashiach. One Tchias Mason is at the end of the Mashiach. One is that? The Savi Mason Mashiach is Somoch Elef Hashvi, next to the seventh millennium. Good. So he, the, the Radvaz is clearly holding number one of the 6,000 year idea. Number two, the Mashiach had to come before the year 6,000. And there had to be some, there had to be some significant period of time because the people who, who never got a chance to see the Jewish people in, 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 in grandeur, those people need a chance to enjoy it before the destruction. It was in the second place. Those are the people. So this is what he continues. The second Chia is the same place of Mashiach, some tell of Ashvi, the Alein Kosev, and then here the Pasuk says, Ram Yashni Masafi, they're going to get up. Uh, and he says, This is what the Ridu also writes to Shemra Boisov. And he says, Said, and the people who are who are who are being uh, brought back to life right at the end of the Yemaisa Mashiach, right before the seventh millennia, they're going to live forever. They're going to be go. Uh, shouldn't say they're going to live forever. They're going to go immediately to a Olam Shikulei Toy Vekulei Aruch. They're going to go immediately to a life that's going to be very very long. They'll live and not and and not die. So they should also have a schus to see uh, uh, um, sort of what L'asid Lava is. So he asks, says, but according to this understanding of the tradition of my rabbis, why do you need to have a body? If you're going to the Yom Shekulei if you're going to L'asid Lava, why do you have to have a body at all? What do you need the bodies for in L'asid Lava? So he says, this question is actually the Gemara's question. That Gemara in Sanhedrin that we talked about, that the Stamba the Gemara asking and saying, what's going on? What are you going to do during the time of the destruction when Hashem is going to be Mechadosh Yisraelam? The Gemara said, what are they going to do with the bodies? What do they need bodies for? How are they going to survive in the destroyed world? And the Gemara said, is going to be Hashem is going to give them wings in order that they should be able to survive and to, to fly around and to thrive in that way. What are we seeing from here? The Radvaz is telling us, I, obviously this idea of two tchias amazing, never heard of that before, fine. Two, he's telling us it's 6,000 years. Three, Mashiach had to come before the end of the 6,000 years, considerable time. And four, he's saying that the, the there will be, during that period of time, that 1,000 years, that Kodesh Baruch that's the Asad Lava you need a body for. You're going to go fly around the world, whatever. you. That's how people will still have uh, an existence without being destroyed. Good? Clear? All right. That's the Radvaz. And he can... Kool-Aid type about living like that? Huh? I think Kool-Aid type. And the world is destroyed. Again, the world is destroyed, but as we point out from Rebachi, obviously it's being totally destroyed because you're destroying the world to renew the world. So... How the people survive or they eat, these are all questions I have no idea. But the idea basically is that 
this this notion of the year six thousand, Mashiach must come. This is the takeaway: is that that is solidified into the fifteen hundreds now, where there are vases, and now we'll do one more thing, which is from the morale. That brings us to the sixteen hundreds, and that brings us to the 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 further to eastern Europe. And it shows the morale says it's a number of places, the same idea. And the morale's basic principle is like this. So the first thing to understand about the morale is that the morale is very much into the notion that forms and substance, they are real, they impact things. It's not merely things just happen. They are mandated to happen. And over here, he says a part that is, I think, of, forget the Mashiach part of it, but a much deeper part that I think you find throughout the Midrash of Chazal. The Maral himself never ties the two together as far as I'm aware over here, but, but maybe in other places he does. But he says like this. This is his opening line. He says, Ki hazman hu The time causes things to become to fruition. Time causes things to come to fruition. What does that mean? I'll tell it to you the way I understand this morale, which I heard from. I heard from Rabbi uh, Weinberg, son of the Rashiva from Larry's Rome. This is how he explained this morale. He said like this. We think, and it's not the morale. Like I said, it's a medrash. At the end of the day, the morale doesn't quote this medrash, but it's fundamentally, it, it bears the numbers of Chazal. What caused Yitzhak Mitzrayim to happen when Yitzhak Mitzrayim happened. The way we're often taught is that, oh, it was Magus Bukharis. And Magus Bukharis probably ran, you know, in pajamas in the middle of the night to cause Jewish people to, to, to leave, right? That's Pashem Shad and the Pasuk. Parai saw the destruction wrought by Magus Bukharis and he said, you gotta go. What do Chazal talk about? Chazal talk about, oh, men they couldn't stay anymore, they had to leave because of that. There's an other approach within Chazal. And that approach with Chazal says that when Hashem created the world, there was a time put into the universe that says that at that point in time, there will be Yitzhak Mitzrayim. You hear the difference? Yitzhak Mitzrayim had to happen because there was already a point in time placed into the universe that this is the Matthias of what must happen. The Rambam doesn't quote any of this, but if you look at the Rambam in the commentary to Avais, when he tries to define why miracles are really nature, so the Rambam there goes like very hard against Pashup Chan and Sukkim in order to be able to make it work. And how does he justify it? If you recall, what did he say? He says that miracles were complete into nature. All the miracles were literally put into Mayashabrachis from the beginning. So when they're happening, they're actually natural. That's al Zeh, although he doesn't quote this message. But the morale is toing up on this point that there's a fundamental precipice that, or, or a fundamental point in time that we can't go beyond. We can't go beyond this point in time. Not for Yitzhak tribe, not for destruction of the first place in English, not for the second place, whatever it is, there's a point in time that must be realized. Oh, that's exactly where the morale is going to go. That's exactly where he's going to go. But, but and, and this idea, we see this most beautifully brought out by the Yantav of Rosh Hashanah. 
where there's no time in history that actually occurred. If you look at the Ramban in this week, past week, Sadra, if you look at the Ramban in Paris, the MR, the Ramban is making a whole challenge. He's connecting Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, you know, Aseris Mei Tshuva. In Judaism, in before Chazal, if you just look at the Torah, is there any connection between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? Yes? No? No connection whatsoever. Yom Kippur is what? Why is Yom Kippur Yom Kippur? The Pasuk Gibb, I'm saying, but well, what happened on Yom Kippur? If, if, if you calculate according to Chazal, Yom Kippur happened. Why was that the day of the Yom Kippur? It's part of a cycle that starts when? On Shivasa Batamas. It's a cycle. Moshe Rabbeinu came. So what happened? So then Moshe Rabbeinu goes up. Right here we have a difference in understanding, but the, the, the more correct understanding Moshe Rabbeinu goes up three times for forty days and forty nights, and the end of that cycle is Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah is not in that cycle at all. There's nowhere in in obvious parts of Shabbat that you're going to see. In Rosh Hashanah, is that anything to do with Shuba? In fact, we know that that's to be the case. Why? Because in our tefillah, in Rosh Hashanah, do we say the Achetz? We do not. Right? If you look at the actual tefillahs of Rosh Hashanah, you won't find anything about Sulechan Kapar in there. What you find is only in the additions, but the actual Shmanes, you won't find it. Why? Because that's not what it is. It's its own day. Chazal came along and connected Rosh Hashanah to everything. But, it, but it, earlier, it's not. So what is Rosh Hashanah celebrating? What happened to Rosh Hashanah? Nothing actually happened. Rosh Hashanah, what do we say in the davening? And the Chazal are obviously alluding to this in an unbelievable way. Chazal are telling us that it's the Rosh Hashanah, Lashonim, it's the Rosh Hashanah of days itself. It's the Rosh Hashanah of time. What do Chazal say on happening Rosh Hashanah? Right? The creation of the world is what took place in Rosh Hashanah. Now, obviously, the Machlaik is the main Eastern Tisha, whatever what we say. Fundamentally, that the Tishrei, we pass in the Nisan, whatever, but fundamentally saying that an El, El, the world is created, and man is created in Rosh Hashanah. What do we mean? Rosh Hashanah then is a holiday celebrating what? The holiday celebrating the existence of time itself, the existence of man, to appreciate the living a world itself. The morale is starting out from this idea. The idea that there's something called time itself, and the, there's there's in in, in Kahalas, right? We have the all the different times. There's right? There's all different times. There's Shalom, right? All the different times for different things. Why? What do you mean? What does it mean? They're different times because they're built into the world. The world is a response to these times. That's the morale. So the morale starts out by saying like this. The time, whatever time is, brings things out into the open. Whatever is existing in the world. The time is what forces them think to come about. The world is divided into three. Turn the way Don Valio said, because the world is going to be 6,000 years. And after that, you have your, your, your years of destruction. Because it says the Ganisko Hashem Levadi, etc. Says the Maral. What does that mean? 
Hazman ha'achroin hu miyuchad limoysa Mashiach. The Zman ha'achroin, that is miyuchad limoysa Mashiach, and Mashiach cannot come before that. Mashiach cannot have come before the third trimester, before those last 2,000 years. Impossible. No matter how much Torah, how much mitzvahs, doesn't make a difference. Mashiach cannot have come before the last 2,000 years of Yemaisa Mashiach, says the Maran. But in the last 2,000 years, which is Mesugal, Mashiach can come, then is going to be mashim the whole world, the world's going to get into Shlemus. You hear that? He says the morale that Mashiach is most Mashiach to come at the end of the 6,000 years, at the very end. But he could, he could have come at any point within the last 2,000 years. In the last 2,000 years, he's able to come at any time because that's his man for Yemesa Mashiach. Although he says it most likely, it's most Mesugal that he's going to come at the very end of the 6,000 years. But he could come the whole 2,000 years, but he absolutely could not have come a day before. Why? Because the time in the built into the main, in my separation that God is built into the world that Malachi Mashiach cannot come before Yemesa Mashiach. So once Yemesha Mashiach started, he could come at any of that time, depending on our schuzim or the lack thereof. But he must come by the end of Yemesha Mashiach. And he, the Maral thinks that it's most musical to come at the end of the 6,000 years. And he says, therefore, He says, don't be upset that you've seen such a delay in the Ekvist of the Mashiach, the Mashiach hasn't come. This is really the best, most Mesugal time for Mashiach comes at the very end of the 6,000 years. The only thing we said about the 2,000 years of Mashiach is only he's able to come in the last 2,000 years. He's able to come. That's what it means, but he must come by the end and he's most Mesugal to come at the very end. But of course, if we do tshuva, if we do mitzvahs, we do all the good things, it can come earlier. So that's how I'll conclude over here. As Maral says this again, he says in the Nets of Yisrael, he says in the Shai Goddess, in Sanhedrin, he says in a number of places, basically the same principle, the same idea, which is the time defines what can happen, right? In the same way that we say that somebody was born, if, if his natural proclivity, he has an IQ of 100, he's not going to be an Einstein. No matter what, it's just there's no ability. There's no ability. That's how the world is created as well. The world's like a child. It has abilities. The abilities are, before the years, you know, the two millennia are out, Mashiach cannot come. After that, Mashiach can. Because the time is defined it already. In the nice separation, so Hashem put it in. All right, we'll conclude with this. All right, Shikai. He, but the, the reason the morale is you you, you want yeah I want I wanted to add to this sheer is yeah. very important. Yeah. Dial one eight 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 Mashiach. <laughs> we talked about one eight hundred numbers. I didn't know they still exist. I know there was such a thing as eight seven seven and eight eight eight. Dial one eight eight Mashiach. We'll see, I was machavin to what you're doing. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Try it. Okay. Enjoy. Me too. Bye.